Silver, a show about sports, art, and the space they share. My name is Abigail Smithson, and as always, I am your host. Today on the podcast, I had the chance to speak with Cinda Karklina. She is a uh, ceramic artist uh, and potter based in Portland, Oregon. She is behind Sissy Moon Ceramics and has made a lot of work that has to do with basketball. Um, using sort of portraits of basketball players as a part of her uh, pots, as well as parts of the game, like the lines on the floor, and uh, hinting at, you know, the hoop and the the net in, in some of her forms. And I've been following her work for a while, and I'm a big pottery person, as some of you may know. I love handmade pottery. I think that it's a total game changer no pun intended. Um, As I get into in the beginning of this podcast, I really explain how pottery has really impacted my life. And uh, oh, also shout out to Jody Masterman, whose butter dish I discuss in detail at the beginning of this podcast. Um, So it was really wonderful to get to speak with Cinda because she uh, is a potter herself and understands where I'm coming from, both on pottery and, and about basketball. And she has this wonderful appreciation for the game uh, from a visual aesthetic sense that is just uh, great for for um, for me to to connect with her. So thank you so much to Cinda for coming on the podcast and shout out again to the butter dish by Jody. And yes, please do not forget to share this episode with anyone who you think might be interested in, uh, rate and review Dear Adam Silver on whichever podcast platform that you listen. Uh, I really, really appreciate that. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate all the support. Okay, here we go. So I actually kind of want to start off with explaining to you why I love ceramics or what ceramics or pottery specifically has has done. Mm-hmm to my life, I guess I was going to say for my life. I'm not sure what the right um, sort of preposition is there, but like how ceramics have changed my my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, if you just have any thoughts, I think basically I, uh, one of my roommates in graduate school was uh, a potter and she made some crazy stuff as far as colors go. And Mm -hmm. um, I was in her studio and she had just created a set of butter dishes and they were just nuts. I mean, they were super bright colors with polka dots on them, and the handles were rainbows, and they were this very loud mm-hmm. pink and yellow and um, red and all this stuff. And I was just telling her, like, how could someone own this butter dish and then also, you know, just um, eat off of a regular plate? Like, wouldn't you need to just <laughs> build your whole room around this butter dish and like paint all the walls to match the butter dish and like buy all these other things just for the butter dish like how could you mm-hmm. just casually use this butter dish and she was like oh ha, 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 you know blah 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 and then I left and then an hour later I was like I want that butter dish I want that change I want to feel like I have to change my my sort of day-to-day life because of this the power of this one object to sort of control the space 
And so mm-hmm. then I went back to her and I was like, I actually want the, the butter dish. Um, and and <laughs> I, I ended up getting it a few months later and it's been really great. And it's, it's sort of changed. Like, yeah, I've been really just focused on on trying to be very thoughtful about the things, the other things that I own, um, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, I might have been before. But this butter dish really, really put things in perspective for me. So that's how kind of I've arrived at the the value the importance of pottery is that it can um mm-hmm. affect more that object can kind of send out these like waves where it affects more than just that one it goes farther than just like its its physical self um yeah, so yeah totally. how do you feel about all that and please explain your sort of i know that you've studied a few different art mediums but how you sort of arrived at at pottery um yeah well I think I one thing I feel like it's really interesting to hear about you know you talking about this one object um because I've definitely had that moment too with figuring out whether or not I want to make ceramics um and then kind of what I want my ceramics to look like it often has kind of come from maybe randomly like one piece of pottery that I've come across um, or a couple uh, as I was kind of trying to figure it all out. Um, And I feel like that's, that's, that's also kind of the power of pottery as art. Um, It's because it's, it's something that you use every day. So you're looking at it every day and you're like, in a very tactile way, interacting with it um, that I think can be more influential maybe than just a painting on a wall. Um, so that to me totally makes sense what you're saying about, you know, this one butter dish making you feel all these things. Um, but the what was the question? How I arrived at wanting yeah. to make powder, pottery? Especially just hearing you say that the the pottery can be more influential than a painting on a wall when you have a painting background and how maybe that how that realization uh, played into your practice when when you thought about pottery being this like stronger force in someone's life. Yeah, um, I think I think once I realized that I I wanted to stop working for other people and I wanted to make work that was artwork and I wanted to sell it, but I wanted to be more than just art. Um, I started kind of connecting, like thinking of the pieces I have had in my life, like a mug here or like a certain dish or something. And just kind of really looking at them and holding them and thinking about, well, why do I love this so much? And how can I create something like that for other people right so yeah so that's kind of I initially when I was thinking about making ceramics um as a business I was like I would just make just really nice plain things that are speckled <laughs> and then I went to school for ceramics and I was like, oh, wait, there's so much more to this. And actually, if you're making just plain things that are speckled, you're no offense, maybe, but like you're being kind of boring and like very trendy 
and um, not really you're showing that you don't really have much to say sure. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> um, and that to make something really interesting, like a, make a piece that's really interesting with something on it, it takes a lot more work maybe. Um, I don't know. There's, there's so much to it. Um, making ceramics that has imagery on it, for example, um, because there's like fine lines between kitschiness, folksiness um and you know things that really kind of resonate and feel um I don't know more classy or something so my my work kind of I feel like walks along those lines um you know between between like kitschiness and meaningfulness and hopefully classiness (laughs) I I think that kitsch kitschy or kitsch is such a um valuable sort of uh way of working or a a valuable visual when when something appears kitsch like I think that the word actually has a negative uh meaning but at the same time it it uh I I think is really an important sort of um way of working or thinking or um concept to to bring into the work because i think it also goes hand in hand with charming and cozy and homey in some way yeah for sure um for me when i think of um kitty ceramics i the first thing i think of is just like those souvenir mugs that you get um you know at like gas stations or gift shops or something um and I just really love those so much. Um, and I, I have a bunch of mugs like that that are from places I've lived or places I've gone on vacation. And especially like the really goofy ones. I just, it it's just something about that, um, you know, when you pick something up like that and you use it and it's got all this meaning to it um, and it's not afraid to be, corny or something like that it's just that's that's kind of where I was at when I started selling my first work which was I was making mugs with Drake lyrics on them um and it was kind of in that um in that like kitschy mug vibe but I was making these mugs by hand and I was hand carving you know, one or two liners from Drake songs that everybody knew at the time. And it was kind of like a a weird, fun take on it. And it really resonated with people like crazy. It was really surprising, um, but also not surprising. Right. Yeah. And so speaking of Drake and a shared love of Drake's and yours and mine, (laughs) which is basketball. um, So I'm I'm wanting you to describe your own relationship to basketball, but also how it has come to be this um, huge part of your uh, practice and also something that you might like be sort of like known for in a sense as far as like a potter who incorporates basketball into their work. Sorry, what's the question? Yeah, I know. I get that a lot. 
<laughs> I like wanna I wanna ask the question, Anna, and so the question, so sometimes things get a little convoluted. Um the question okay. is talk about basketball. You're maybe like separate from your pottery, but also if you could explain how it ended up being such a big part of your practice. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Basketball, um I mean, I think it's been I think it's something I've always thought was really cool. Um, just like basketball equals cool, uh-huh. like my whole life. Totally, yeah. Um, and then I I like to think that um, kind of one of my first really moments of connecting with it was, um, especially in American culture, was when I came to America, the very first movie I saw was Space Jam on a VHS and I was just like this is the best thing I've ever seen (laughs) right um and you know I feel like that kind of planted a certain seed and then um I wasn't necessarily like playing or watching basketball as I was growing up until um college when I had friends who I went to college in Maine and um, I made friends with people who were big Celtics fans. And this was right after they won the um, championship. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe 2008 or yeah. nine. Um, and so also because Celtics, like if you're in New England, it's the Celtics, um, right. even if you're all the way in Maine. So I, I just like started watching games with, people and just because that's what we were doing (laughs) and I started like getting to know players like remembering names even though I wasn't trying to and remembering their faces and it just became this kind of really cool fun interesting thing um to to talk about to learn about um it's it's such a multifaceted um thing um basketball is like it it encompasses so much and culturally and historically and just there's like lots of light and fun sides to it there's also dark sides to it um and it's it's just a really really cool cool thing to learn about but um unfortunately I never played it um except for in gym class and I was really terrible so I was completely discouraged um but I did start to learn how to play, like how to shoot um, and kind of just the fundamentals of how to move when you're trying to play basketball and um, things like form um, a few years ago. And once I started learning those things, um, it really started to click for me about um, how I could incorporate um, those feelings and movements into the ceramics I was making. And how does this, the interest that you have in sort of the technical elements of basketball, the form, the sort of the successful or right way to do something, how does that translate into the sort of how you turn something in basketball itself as kind of like it's like a non-physical thing. I mean, it's an extremely physical game, but this idea of taking the idea of basketball and translating it into something physical that you can hold in your hand that kind of encompasses your feelings about the game. How does that work? Mm. 
Well, it's kind of hard. So it's more like something I, that's kind of a goal, but it's, I don't have like a specific way. I just kind of basically, you know, realized basketball, it's about repetition and it's about um, movement. You know, it's not a static thing. Um, Basketball isn't just like a picture of a basketball on a mug. Basketball is shooting and follow through and things like that. So that was kind of the first thing I started to put on mugs was the follow through that you have to hold in the air with your hands right after you shoot. So like I noticed that one hand would be kind of like, like your wrist is flicked and down and then the other hand's kind of wide open, which was your guiding hand. And you just hold that right after. And because I was trying to, I was just shooting a ton and um, kept trying to, you know, just hold my follow through just so like to make a good habit of it. Um, I just decided to put that imagery of hands on the mug with a basketball kind of going towards a hoop. And yeah, on the ceramics, um, because it's a physical object and it's three dimensional, um, I can create imagery that wraps all the way around, which adds to the kind of kinetic feel of it, which I, I think still like connects to to the game as well right and the the shape of at least sort of the pots and the mugs that you make are like hoops to me that's how they appear I know you played off that a little bit in some of your pieces um but just like going back to like the shape of the ball the shape of the hoop um this uh circular uh game this game based around sort of circular forms yeah, that's that's true. I that's that I don't think that's been very intentional. Um <laughs> except in some cases maybe there's there's one planter I make that's definitely supposed to look kind of like a hoop, but yeah. um but yeah, my my shapes typically tend to be kind of rounded and rounded but also straight, which is you know, there's a lot of those shapes in uh in basketball on the court and right. on the lines. And what's been so as far as the work that that like your customers and the people that follow you connect with, like which there's different directions that you've gone with the basketball work, some of it being like portraiture that you've just done of all these different NBA players and some of it being like the the um like like you were talking about the follow through and, and the shot and that action and then like the lines from the court on some forms. And I'm just wondering like what what you enjoy the most or what you get the most feedback on as far as, you know, people being excited about this work. Cause I think that it is yeah. cool. I mean, the basketball is cool and like there's ways to incorporate basketball. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a smart business move <laughs> to incorporate basketball <laughs> into your work because it's something that's so, um, that it does have this association with just, um, being attractive to a lot of different people. Yeah, basketball is so hot right now. Yeah, it's really um, blown up. <laughs> Took till 2020, yeah, um, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of, um, so in my work, I kind of, at this point, see it, there's kind of two sides to it as far as the basketball 
stuff goes because there's the things, the imagery that is, there's imagery that is kind of an artistic interpretation of just being a person that plays maybe by yourself or with friends or, or whatever, um, just being kind of a regular person. And then there's the basketball fandom aspect of it and the NBA specifically. Um, so, and both, I don't, I kind of imagine that both kind of, I don't know, the, the two sides I feel like might attract slightly different audiences. Sure. Um, because people might like the imagery of basketball, especially interpreted, interpreted in like a kind of um, loose artistic way, but they might not be, um, you know, NBA super fans and might, might not care about like specific players or know their names or, right. you know, the last, the latest scores and trades and whatever. Or the, um, that player's I, like most famous quote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I personally, I'm into all of that. Um, I love being like a day-to-day NBA fan where I'm keeping up with the games and what people are saying and the drama. Um, but I also love the the beauty in the game itself and um, the accessibility of it. Um, you know, seeing, I've been really inspired by just going to the park around town here in Portland yeah, um, and seeing people like all sorts of people be playing at all different times of day. Um, whether it's like kids during the day in the summertime or, or like it'll be some lone teenager at night just like practicing layups or something or um, a bunch of people that get together every single week and they play like crazy full court games. Um, and it's just, it's all of it. Um, so, so yeah, I kind of, I try to, I try to do all of it and, and there's so there's so much to it. There's so much dimension that can be done. Right. And I think that for some of your work where you're sort of just interpreting what we see on the court, like, for example, like the lines on the court, the key, the three-point line, um, the little tick marks, things like that, when you take those and sort of bring them out of the their normal context and put them on a planter or something like that. They take on this new sort of almost decorative look where in the game they mean mm. something like very serious, but they end up being yeah. this like sort of beautiful composition in another place, um, which could of course be attractive yeah. to someone who's not a basketball nerd. That's a good point. You know, I, the the planters I make that are really colorful with the basketball mm-hmm. key that's I honestly I love making them I love how they look um I guess when I look at them I only see like the the lines as far as the the context of a basketball court but I actually haven't even thought about what they might look like to someone who's not super familiar with it sure. um like it's like you, you're totally right. It's it, it does end up looking kind of decorative. Like when you put it kind of abstractly and flatly on a on a pot, it's like it's it's beautiful. Like the the arch of it, and then yeah. it kind of almost looks like a doorway or something. And then the like the pattern 
the rhythm of the little lines and stuff, um, it totally lends itself to a really pleasing composition. Which I think is just just as much about being a fan. I mean, I don't think you need to be a fan to appreciate it, but this idea of sort of like the reverence that you seem to have for basketball as a game and like what you want to offer to it through creating your own artwork about it. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels like the farther that translation goes, like in the more abstract it might be, uh, the more it's like coming through you. Um, And it's your own sort of response to basketball. That's just my my opinion <laughs> of like what I've yeah. seen, like as far as the work goes, you know, and, and um, yeah, I think that like, it just, it feels like this very personal translation of a particular aspect of the game. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what um, attracts some people to my work too, is they might be basketball fans for a long time. Um, and I'm kind of showing them, like you're saying, it's kind of my interpretation of the game and to to people who, you know, basketball is really familiar to them. It can be really maybe exciting or refreshing or interesting to see it through someone's, someone else's eyes. And then also people who I like, I get tons of people who are like, I don't even like or care about basketball, but I love this. And maybe like, introduces basketball to them from an angle that they hadn't considered before, you know, like an angle of how it can be beautiful or fun. Um, so yeah, it, it, it works both ways. Yes. And I think that is a really powerful response for people to have to the work because basketball, I mean, I think basketball gets lumped in with like other major sports. Um, uh, I mean, just as sort of this like really tough, masculine mostly it feels like that's the way it's like pitched as far as um it it just it is a game that's filled with like grace and fragility and vulnerability and um a lot of things that pottery also has uh Mm, as characteristics mm -hmm. and i just feel like often it's like oh i don't know any of the names of the teams or the players and i don't know the rules and like i'm on the outside of this because it's been kind of like branded and sold to me in this certain way and it's just like you know i'm not interested in that but it really is like i mean and i think this is true of like many sports because even though football is a really physical um sort of like tough sport it also has moments of those same things of vulnerability of grace of like these these Mm -hmm. players that are actually like ballet dancers you know when you when you watch them in slow motion and stuff like that so I think it's just this it helps to have both it helps to have this other interpretation because then it's not it's not all this kind of one way of understanding basketball when you're able to have this other version of it through a pot maybe yeah yeah and I I'm honestly I'm kind of even though basketball has been kind of a great jumping off point, I'm like through investigating it visually in my work, I've definitely become really interested in making work about other sports and it um, too over time. Um, Because yeah, like you're saying, it's, there's, there's kind of overlapping elements of fragility and strength and grace and drama and fun in in so many sports and I just, yeah, I just love sports. (laughs) Right. But you told me before that you are not competitive and that was something that 
made it hard for you to continue playing basketball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's like, you know, that's like, that's like the conversation I could, you know, that's like a therapy conversation. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, if you're uh, willing. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I just, I'm not sure if it's the competitiveness. I just, I felt kind of, um, I was just really self-conscious as a kid and I couldn't deal with having pressure on me um, if I was playing and other kids getting upset with me if I did something wrong. I also feel like, I also feel like, you know, the, I went to, I went to public school, we public schools that didn't even have teams, like any sport that I did experience or learn was just gym class. So there wasn't really time or resources to, to really learn how to be athletic and how to, how to, um, have the right mindset to like a healthy mindset for being athletic and competitive and all those things. Like I had I had no, um, mentorship or anybody teaching me about, about that. And I definitely wonder if I had, um, I think I, I would have definitely been playing more. Um, cause I was like a pretty fit athletic coordinated kid. Um, but it was just kind of the mental, right. like emotional. I'm also just like really sensitive. So it, that part, um, made it really hard for me to, to play. Yeah. And do you feel, um, that making pots in relation to basketball or having basketball as your muse now as an artist has like healed that chi- the childhood uh, trauma of, of like not um, feeling like you could contribute to the team or you were like cracking under pressure or whatever it was. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it's like, it's, I like it because it, it creates an avenue for me to participate. Um, I don't know if I could get on a court in a pickup game and, and not be sensitive about it. You know, I think that's like a separate thing. I would have to, like, I, I've been kind of hoping that I could like kind of learn how to learn the fundamentals on my own and like just play one-on-one with like friends or my partner or whoever. And, and then just like, go to a pickup game with people I know and just be like, haha, look at me. You have no idea. And just unleash like all these new skills. Yeah. Um, and then hope for the best. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's like, that's one of those, um, like put yourself out there, big life goals, I guess, is to like play in a pickup game. I would probably, I don't know. I would probably be so excited, but also like overwhelmed. Um, but probably, pretty fulfilled. I think, I think I'm mature enough at this point at 31 where even if it didn't go well, I'd, I'd be able to, you know, tell myself it's okay. And that I'm proud of myself and not to take it too seriously. I actually feel like I have a really opposite feeling. I mean, I had a similar experience where I just couldn't deal with anyone trying to 
do better at me, like directly in front of me. <laughs> um, where I, but I, that that is the feeling that made me not want to participate in 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 tr- like truly competitive sports. And like now as an adult, I'm still like, yeah, I want to watch every pickup game that I see, and I just don't ever want to play against someone who wants to win. Like I just, I really just want to. Um, I still, I'm not. I don't think I'm. I'm over it as much. I, I mean, horse knockout things that are. Um, a little bit, uh, I guess knockout is pretty aggressive, but yeah, I just, I can't, I still don't think I can handle it. Mm. Like you wouldn't be able to handle somebody being better than you at, at it. Well, maybe just or not like in my face swing. or like wanting to take the ball, wanting to steal the ball, <laughs> wanting to block my shot and any of that. Like I, or, you know, intercept the, my pass. Like I just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong and I, I should like head out to the nearest pickup game right now and see what, up and <laughs> just join in but I just when I think about that I'm like yeah that still doesn't sound very fun to me and I wish that I had more of this mentality of like just being like yeah what's up because I actually do have a really I have like a semi-effective shot so when mm-hmm. no one's guarding me I can like hit 10 shots in a row it's just when someone put their hand put their hand in my face I'm I just uh, crumble a little bit yeah, well, maybe, you know, what if it was more about, um, what if it was more about, you know, like, you want to crush somebody else, don't you? Um, I don't even know if I do. <laughs> I mean, I think that um, at the end of the day, like, if I'm competing against someone, like, I would like to do better than them. But at the same time, like, I don't know if that drive is strong enough. Like, I think that one of the things I like about being an artist is that it is really competitive, but, like, you never see the people that you're competing against, really. Like, it's everyone's at their own computer in their own house applying for things, like, separately. Mm -hmm. So there's no sort of... um, There's no sort of way that you think that, like, one person is trying to, to... beat you out on something it's just this like mass Hmm. of nameless faces that just exist in sort of the ether of the internet um or the Hmm. ethernet whatever it is i feel like i feel like that's actually kind of i think i like it better in sports because it's like it's a way to be competitive face to face i don't know i feel really kind of i feel like there's this awkwardness when you're competing with people like over the internet or Instagram or something that is just so weird. Like, I feel like that's the cool thing about it. If you go play with someone, it's like, there's no computers or phones involved. Like, this is it. We're face to face. It's more like, honest. This is this is real. It's honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm just not an like... honest person. And I just want to hide behind my computer and like click on things <laughs> is what you're saying, Cinda. I get it. <laughs> Well, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. No, um, of course. Yeah. It's... I, for me, I I kind of, like, I enjoy winning, like, if I'm playing horse or just whatever, like, one-on-one. Um, I do really enjoy the feeling. Like, I'm totally that person who'll be like, yes, take that. Like, see and just be, like, totally parading myself around. Totally. But then, um, but... But then I also kind of feel a little bit bad <laughs> for the loser. Um, and this is kind of this is the same when I'm watching basketball games, too. Um, yes. Especially when it's like the playoffs or or and even if it's like my team that's playing and of course I want them to win, um, I will always feel bad for the team that loses because I just. I, I just feel it. I don't know. I just feel the emotion. And I don't even know if they feel it. You know, 
sometimes I do probably, but, um, I, like I said so many times to friends, like, oh man, like I wish both teams could just win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think it sounds like we just, um, we need to put ourselves out there and and play and see what's going on. Right. And I think that, I agree with you that when I do, like, let's say when I'm playing Settlers of Catan, I don't know if you've ever played that. Um, it's an intense board game. Um, mm-hmm. I talk a lot of shit, you know, I'm, I'm like harassing other people about how slow they're going, you know, or whatever. Like, I'm just being <laughs> like, I can't believe you made that decision, blah, blah, blah. I like lie to people about what cards I have. Um, I'm just always sort of talking shit and then afterwards I'm like god I was such an asshole like is this really productive you know is this how like you know what a winner does you know all these things like even when I win I feel uh, especially like shitty about how I acted but I think that also is the is what could come out if I was competing aggressively in basketball I could I might not be that nice you know and um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to unleash that (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably like, um, you know, if you're really trying to do it and play and, you know, if you're really trying to be in the league, um, you'd probably try to find a way that harnesses that competitiveness while still kind of maintaining a cool civil exterior. Dignified. um, (laughs) Dignified, like sportsmanship that's like a thing um so yeah i i bet that there's like there's probably the right way to do it it's just that sure. we just we just need some mentorship along the way you right know? we need a coach i think <laughs> is what you're saying is we need coaches uh, so yeah I'll, I'll figure um yeah try to take that next step so tell me about yeah. um before you moved to new york you were born in latvia and that's where you grew up until you were nine. And I'm wondering how that sort of has, if it has affected your art, impacted your artwork at all. And also because Latvia, um, like several other Eastern European countries, is a basketball, um, a place where basketball is is well liked. Um, So yeah, I'm just wondering about that time and how it kind of plays a role for you now. Yeah. Um, um, I, I don't, I don't think I was like super connected to sports or basketball in Latvia, but I do, like, I am proud of it being the top two most popular sport, um, in Latvia. And we've had some cool players, you know, we've got Porzingis, um, on the Mavs here and, and that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is um, kind of having a certain image of what America is, you know, before I came here. And then um, if I even had like, it's probably like, you know, just American movies and stuff, but I didn't know too much about it. And then moving to the States and moving to New York city um, and Brooklyn, um, I think was probably really influential to to kind of what interests me and what I care about um and you know living in a city that is 
as diverse as New York is, um, especially after coming from um, a completely white country, right. um, Latvia, just kind of being really um, fascinated and kind of falling in love with um, American culture um, and basketball specifically being such a big symbol of it. Like Michael Jordan, you know, world famous. Right. Um, everybody knew him um, outside of the States. And, and uh, you know, he was one of those things that just symbolizes American culture. So um, that's kind of, it, it just, it, I think it made me really curious. It's always made me really curious about American culture and um, that kind of phase, like, like why I'm so curious about basketball and sports and things. Um, just, yeah, not being from here. And did the objects that you had when you were a child, like the the cups you uh, drank out of or the, the plates you ate off of or whatever it was, do those play into ha- how you make pottery today? Or have those been an influence uh... at all? No, not really. Um, in Latvia, I don't, I mean, in Latvia has like a really strong, um, you know, ceramic tradition. Um, but it's definitely kind of, uh, dark colors, like really traditional, um, country farmy shapes and things. And, um, that, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it probably had some, I don't know. I don't think it was any specific items, ceramic items that influenced me. It was probably just, um, growing up in Latvia, we, we had a lot of stuff that was maybe handmade or just had that like old country feel to it. Um, like less like less modern, more traditional way of living, um, eating, all of that, um, growing food and whatever, having gardens, keeping bees, like eating um, fresh food. I think just that whole way of living, I think, really influenced me to want to make things with my hands. Um, uh, yeah, but as far as pieces that kind of have influenced me I, there's this mug that um I think was in an apartment like our first apartment that we moved to when I was a kid in America um and it's just this really strange mug that it's ceramic it I've never seen anything like it um since I've had it and I I, I still have it right now in my studio and um, it's just it's just got like these wonky zebras on it with really wonky pineapples uh-huh. on it, and it's it's all it's kind of strange and colorful. But yeah, I don't know. Um, and it's from Latvia. It's not from Latvia. Okay. It's just it's from here. It's, it's American, as far as I can tell. It but sounds kind of kitschy. It's kind of, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But it's definitely hand. Like the drawings are kind of hand carved mm. into the clay and yeah. then kind of loosely painted in. Um, and this mug has always been kind of around. And then I realized just how much I love it when I started, you know, looking at what ceramics I had around me. So 
it's kind it's kind of more stuff like that. When I started making ceramics, I wasn't really thinking about what I wanted to have or what I had or didn't have. I I always kind of just felt like I was looking for what would be exciting for other people to own mm-hmm. and how I could get a reaction out of people. Yeah. Um with you know the imagery and things on it and then also how it would like I've always thought about how it would feel to use my pieces um like I I'm really glad I went to like actual school for ceramics um as opposed to just taking a class or two because something really important that I learned was um how to make your work ergonomic and comfortable so people do want to use it and it feels good for them to use it in their hand um and so I I've always just kind of yeah I I guess I've always thought about what would make other people excited um I think because I'm making kind of visually exciting work a lot of the time um as far as things I want to have myself, you know, it's one of those things where I, for things that I have in my own house, I want, I still want to be more muted um, and just kind of go like fall into the background. Like I have one of those houses where most everything is gray or beige mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or white um, because that's just, I don't know. I guess I need my like, like clean sanctuary to go into that's not um visually busy um but except for like a few items that you know do have a lot of meaning so um yeah I I think that's that's kind of that's how I feel about the (laughs) how it connects to my own what I own myself you know Bookman's is a chain of stores based in Southern Arizona that specializes in entertainment exchange. At Bookman's, you can find books, vinyl, movies, instruments, video games, home decor, and more. Almost every item on the shelves at Bookman's comes from people in the surrounding community who sell or trade for cash or store credit. Bookman's is truly a local institution and is a one-stop location for arts, culture, and entertainment. Of course, one of the best parts about Bookman's being deeply involved in the Tucson community is that they support local artists like me. I am proud to share their product on my show. Visit one of Bookman's six locations in Tucson, Flagstaff, Mesa, and Phoenix or online at www.bookmans.com. And remember, Bookman's has cool covered. So I think before we go, we should discuss the MBA a little bit. And you should mm-hmm. tell me how you're feeling about this season. And um, who's your go-to team? Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of tend to follow players more, which is like a lot of, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of fans are doing these days. Yeah. Um, but I, if I have to, I just, I, I'm into the Nets. I'm into the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yeah. And I know they're yeah. like a fairly recent team and stuff, but I... I felt really excited about them last year. Um, you know, I it's really cool how they kind of um it just seemed like kind of organic growth and um that was happening and these players were, 
starting to make a name for themselves and they made it to the playoffs and that was really exciting and um, you know people were surprised and I liked D'Angelo Russell and um, I really liked Spencer Dinwiddie and so that seemed really cool I don't know what's gonna happen um, this season and in the future now that we have Kyrie and KD I I know that um, it's kind of controversial or whatever about like what Kyrie is saying in the media often. I don't know. My take on it is just like, like I don't know what it's like to be a basketball player in the NBA. So I, I pretty, I don't really have any judgment for what anybody says. Um, so whatever happens, happens. Like it'll be unfortunate if if uh, things fall apart. But um, you know, that's just I guess that's life. <laughs> yeah, I am curious about Kyrie saying that they need one more piece because it feels like they have this. They have one more piece that just hasn't played yet and won't play until next season. That could be a totally yeah. um, like just. <laughs> totally like turn everything around um and they could be super dominant i just um i'm a warriors fan so i can't really um blame anyone for saying that a team a really good or a team with a superstar needs one more piece (laughs) because i definitely um benefited from that mentality of Mm -hmm. needing uh, more is better but I just think that mm-hmm. if Kyrie can just hold out <laughs> a little bit longer, um, just like, you know, for the next like six months or so, th- he'll get that other piece. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I do think they're really, they are an exciting team. And it's exciting that to potentially have like a really great basketball team in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to go to one of like a Nets game next time I go home to New York. Um, my mom still lives there. So oh, nice. um, I go to visit her when I can, but yeah, I, I like the Warriors too. And um, like, I find myself, I find myself rooting for them. Like even now, like, you know, I, this year, even though it's kind of all new players for the most part, but like I'm, you know, now they're like really the underdog, like actually, and you know, that's always fun and exciting. It's um, been like the biggest roller coaster from them being yeah. so good to them being so. Um, I don't want to say bad. They're just in a rebuilding phase. They're just young. Yeah, they're just young. Yeah, they they're don't. They young. haven't. They don't have the experience. So it's just been. Um, it's been wild, and yeah, I, I think the one thing that I don't enjoy that much is that all of the. Uh, like major networks like ESPN and TNT made their schedules for which games they were going to show like way before um, uh, the season started. So when the Warriors were still, you know, like Steph was still going to be playing and um, now it's just, it's hard to watch them play like the Bucks um, and other, because of yeah. course those are the games that the, the TV networks thought would be really exciting um, games for mm-hmm. teams that are both contending and like two of the best teams. And it's just like, yeah, that's not a great, <laughs> it's not great TV <laughs> um, as like a yeah. sort of sad fan. And I think just in general as a basketball fan, but um, anyways, they played the Blazers last night and it was a very close game. And that made me feel like, 
uh, maybe all of the the primetime games aren't going to be like totally devastating for yeah, uh, former you know, fans. I, I feel like there's been several Warriors games that I've turned on where you would be like, oh, that's definitely going to be a blowout. And then that's like, true. they're kind of holding their own, you know, maybe up until the end or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Things do tend Which to get really away cool. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even last night, like Draymond Green yeah. wasn't playing either. Like D'Angelo Russell was playing, but he was having like a really poor shooting night. And they still were kind of in it um, for a long time I mean, until like the very end. So, yeah, I think that, th- yeah, that it I will mean, be... Dame, Damian Lillard had to get, um, you know, franchise record 61 points so that they could win. Right, like, you know, exactly. He had to try really hard. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that, like, Portland's super beat up, too, with the, all the injuries and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it was good to see how, how you know, even if they're not coming out with, with wins, it still takes a lot out of teams to play them. Um, I remember on Christmas Day when they were playing the Rockets, I totally just assumed – they were going to lose, and I have such um, sort of like contentious feelings towards the Rockets. I was like, I don't even know if I can watch this game. Like, I can't watch them lose to the Rockets. And then they um, won. <laughs> so yeah. it just doesn't um, always make sense to to write any team off. I mean, I think we can say I can say they're not going to the playoffs, and that I'm that I'm going to be okay with that. But yeah, it I'm fine with that. Too, yeah. You know? <laughs> They need they need a break. Like that's why everyone's injured. Was just like totally. Their seasons have been way too long. Was going all the way every right. year. Just being so dominant for so long, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a hard life. Yeah. I actually have kind of a secret crush. It's not secret. I I'm kind of into the Mavs. Like I really like watching them, and I hope they go really far this year. And I really yeah. love Luka Doncic. I love Luka. Yeah, he's uh-huh. so. I mean, he just is like. I don't know. He, I mean, I think that there's there's this sense of, like, desperation from him. Like, he's trying to do too much in a sense, and I worry about him. Like, he seems like he's under a lot of stress. But he's so – he's also just this incredible, like, dynamic athlete that's just really fun to watch. I know. My, I mean, my favorite thing about him is just, like, his confidence. Like that, I'm just like looking up to him. Like, how does he get so confident? He's just like, because he's so young, and he, it's like, what is it? His like first or second year in the second, league? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, wow, that it's just amazing. But did you see that moment? Where he ripped his jersey. Yeah. So so he also, I don't know if you saw this last year, like he ripped it more significantly, like during a game last year. I oh, think really? he like ripped it in, like completely in half or something. And this was just like a little oh, thing. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, you know, this isn't so bad. But yeah, he's totally, he's like in a pressure cooker right now. And yeah. I think the jersey rips are, are the little cracks that show up. But I mean, I think it, he mm. was Rookie of the Year, and now people are talking about him being MVP. Of course he's going to, like, be losing his mind, you know? It's it's mm. hard. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Um, yeah. But I think for his ability and his drive, it's like a matter of when, not if, that he's going to probably be an MVP and, and most likely. Um, I think that eventually he'll – yeah, I mean, I just think that he – uh, he doesn't have to worry so much. He's going to get there, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully hopefully Porzingis can, like, be consistently around. Because he's, like, right. been, like, in sometimes, right? Like, only yeah. – he's, like, still 
there's still something he's like taking it slow or something yeah I mean I think he just he recently had an injury that he was out for a few games which I think then like there was yeah extra Mm. pressure on Luca to like sort of fill in those gaps um, where normally he can just throw the ball to Kristaps and he'll kind of like plop it into the basket Um, Mm. so (laughs) yeah he definitely he needs some he needs some serious uh, backup but yeah, yeah, so I'm totally like there. Um, like as soon as the playoffs start, I will be uh, putting a lot of my if they're if they're in the playoffs, I'm gonna put they're gonna be like the team that I'm I'm rooting for. I think that's mm-hmm. yeah. I think I just get be spending time um, in Lithuania and learning more about how much like basketball means in that part of the world. I'm like super interested in the players that come to the NBA from there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, even though like Slovenia is not Lithuania or Latvia, I still am like just how basketball has kind of moved through that part of the world is interesting. Yeah, I I honestly don't know too much about it. Um, so yeah, I, I would be, you know, if you wrote something, I would totally be interested in reading it. <laughs> yes, I mean, I <laughs> about think what I right. I didn't. I mean, what I learned in Lithuania was that basketball got very very popular right before the soviet occupation began and that mm-hmm. it was the way like people in like basically the team like the best team in lithuania when they played the best team in russia they were that was the time that people could show their aggression towards russia mm. in a way that mm-hmm. they didn't feel free to do on a day-to-day basis they were able to show like frustration or anger through basketball um yeah that's sort of how it was that's explained cool. to me and I know it's probably it's way more complicated than that um but it it is interesting that I also think when I was there so much of my work is about sort of I mean I have to admit like that I'm making work about a sport that is predominantly played by African-American men and I'm not an African-American mm-hmm. person and I don't come from I just don't I don't want my to I just don't want to sort of barge into a space that I'm not necessarily, like, aware of how, like, the history of the people that play the game has sort of built this culture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that was not – I was not able to explain that well when I was in Lithuania because I don't know if there's that same sense of, like, racial tension or or systematic sort of white supremacy that has existed so much in the United States. Like, it doesn't exist in Lithuania because there's not as many – there's it's not as averse um and also you know i mean yeah so it's just it was really hard like i felt like i wasn't able to accurately convey my work to people who are from there because it just wasn't it wasn't translating in the sense of it it didn't make sense to them that like you can't talk about basketball in a true heartfelt way without discussing racism and they were just like yeah that's not at all what it means here you know yeah, totally. Yeah, I I was just home. Um, I was just in Latvia in September visiting my family. And, um, you know, I was trying to explain to them kind of what I do as well and making work about basketball. And, um, like, my partner is Black and trying to explain to them, you know, just race in America. Um was very interesting if they were even willing to talk about it um it was there wasn't even much interest um to in hearing about it but um 
I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was pretty hard. I, um, I felt like I was, I was trying to kind of help them understand it a little bit maybe by drawing parallels with like how they, how my family, um, and Latvian people were oppressed during Soviet times by Russia. Um, and how there's still very much like lingering effects and, um, in so many different ways in every part of life and just kind of being like, so picture that, but like slavery. So, you know, and then they, I I don't know, I don't know if it made sense to them, um, or not, but that's kind of. I that it was interesting to me kind of learning about um you know talking to my grandparents and stuff and and learning about how different ways how they have been oppressed um when they were younger and just seeing how um how you know oppression um stays stays in you and how it shapes the culture um in so many different ways so and then what perils there are, you know, kind of seeing how, what perils there are, what perils there aren't, you know, in American culture. So, right. yeah, it's it's very interesting. And that the same sport can just mean really different things um, depending yeah. on that um, country's history and culture. It is, uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, also, I didn't, and I felt really silly about this after um, being in Lithuania that, what we what I call the Cold War is the Soviet occupation, or that's how it is referred to there. And so I didn't mm-hmm. ever call it that until I heard all these other people. You know, it's just a different um, mm. perspective. And I think the Cold War implies so much that very little actual action was taken. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. like another country is referring to it as. I mean, they were it what a lot of action. They saw a lot of of change and oppression and all of this stuff um yeah yeah totally. yeah it's crazy it is yeah um well if oh my gosh so i'm trying to go back to lithuania and if you're ever in latvia and i'm in lithuania we have to go to a basketball <laughs> game in one of those places <laughs> it's like um, yeah, that, yeah that would be pretty interesting totally so I, I, I have no idea if it would what it would be like um you know compared to an american nba game i don't know right well, thank you so well, much, thank for, you making so much for having, having me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm really excited to like be a part of the the archive. Yeah, the DRM Silver Archive.